0: Hi, you're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution, where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. We're your hosts, Zara and Hien. And before we get started, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Even though we're a podcast that believes in decolonizing, we're still bound to the algorithm. So every little bit that you can help us out, we really appreciate it. And we thank you for all the support. Let's get into it. Hey friends, today we're talking to Dr. Melissa J, a registered psychologist and lead instructor with Canmore Counseling and Trauma-Informed Yoga Psychology School. She located in Canmore, Alberta, in Canada. So, Melissa, what's on your mind today?
1: Well, I am so grateful to be here with both of you. And what's on my mind today being that it's Monday and the start of a new week. Um, It's just the importance of being able to slow down and settle into whatever we're going to be faced with this week. So I I wondered if maybe it would be helpful for me to offer us a, a grounding as we come together. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So this is often how I will open a lot of the meetings that I find myself in throughout the week. And it is just really a helpful way to shift from whatever we were doing prior to being together and then coming into this shared space. So thank you for being open. It's also a support to myself. <laughs> so I, I invite each of us to just notice if you'd like to have your camera on camera off, you might choose to close your eyes, or maybe you want to make a really tangible shift. So one way you can do that is maybe just looking around your space. Maybe exaggerating your gaze and noticing if there's anything that catches your eye. And then when you feel ready, something you might want to explore is shifting from that external landscape to your inner landscape, and so you might soften your gaze, maybe allowing your eyes to rest on one spot. Or maybe you want to close your eyes. And perhaps you notice that you're breathing. You maybe want to join me in taking a few cleansing breaths, you might inhale through your nose. Maybe pausing at the top before opening your mouth and letting out a gentle sigh. We can do that a couple more times in our own time in our own way. one way i like to connect with the land is by imagining that this land these indigenous lands that are connecting each of us across turtle island right now are just supporting us and perhaps as we inhale imagine that we're breathing in the spirit of the land exhaling infusing our spirit with the spirit of the land I'm just so grateful to come together today and really honored to start this time with this dharana, dhyana practice and honoring that the roots of yoga originate in India. And I'm so grateful and privileged to be able to honor and uplift this ancient tradition. So thank you, you might start to open your eyes. Maybe you wanna wiggle your body maybe starting to reconnect with your your space maybe looking around noticing what catches your eye now and then we can come back together thank you
2: thank you thank you so much for that i felt like i really needed that (laughs) so i'm so grateful uh, for that brief practice you shared and i'm also just really happy to have you here and to see you again um so melissa and i met in susanna's 300 hour teacher training uh last year can't believe it's it's 2022 and it's february right now and it still kind of surprises me how fast time went by good point Um, yeah right uh melissa was in my cohort Um, And so I'm just really glad that you're here and, you know, I'd love to talk and just mention to folks that, you know, this is uh, a rescheduled interview that we're having. Uh, Originally, it was going to be last week, um, but you had contacted us um, that morning to reschedule. And I was wondering if you can share a little bit about that because Zara and I just thought it was really cool um, the way you felt like you could honor your boundaries and model to us what that looked like
1: thank you both for being flexible in in being open to rescheduling Um, for those who might not know and maybe are listening at a different time (laughs) to this podcast um last week was i found i woke up feeling really heavy and quite distracted because the the convoy that had traveled Throughout Canada to to Ottawa, that's um, being labeled as the the Freedom Convoy, um, had started to take up like an occupation in, in Ottawa, and yeah, the harm that was being caused and continues to be caused through that convoy was is just really heavy on my heart, on my spirit, and yeah, last Monday specifically, I could just feel that. I'm not. I'm, I'm still needing some time to sort through the grief that comes with this type of um, experience, and I'm really reluctant even right now to call it a protest. and And I needed time to just be be in reflection and spend time journaling. And I knew Hien, that you. I knew how you would respond by me letting you know. I feel like I need to re- reschedule because I really wanna be present for our time together. I, I feel like what a gift this is for the three of us to be able to spend time in, in connection and community. So, yeah, I guess that's like the short way to explain that. And thank you for letting me know that it felt like modeling as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, we are just really, you know, grateful for, I guess, um, this type of I don't know if I want to call it maybe like a shift in in how sometimes there's a sort of expectation that, oh, you have to just push through. And I mean, I'm talking, I'm calling myself in as well. Like, I feel for me, like if I was put in that situation that, uh you know, 99% of the time, like 99.9% of the time, I would tell myself, okay, I'm just going to push through even though I'm really needing to not do that, even though I'm really needing to do something else and to ask, um, to reschedule. And so Zara and I just really appreciate seeing sort of like the way that you were just like, just so honest with us. Like even, even you saying that, like, I think you said that you were thinking about the convoy as well. And I think in my mind, like, wow, like, could I see myself doing this? And the answer is like, yeah, but not, um, not usually, like really rarely, that I would be that honest, um, and like and give myself the space to um, sort of process and and deal with what's happening. It sounds like it sounds like really rough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry. I also just want to add too that it's like. I think we're also not welcome in a lot of spaces to take that. And so like, or, and you know, a lot of the times we're not welcome to take that space. Like if you need space to process, if you need space for grief or heavy emotions or whatever's going on, it's not recognized. So we really appreciate that you have the strength to ask for that and say what you need. And yeah, yeah. It's been whew, really difficult. Yeah. I can't imagine. Well, I can, cause we also, are living all, we're all living it in mm-hmm. North America. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you both for being who you are. <laughs> I, I feel like that isn't something I would normally share with just anyone. So I, I just know that the community that you are and have been cultivating is inviting us to be really authentic in who we are and how we're caring for ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that leads me to, I mean, that
0: leads me to ask a little bit of why you're actually here, um, is to tell us a bit about, uh, camera counseling. So which is your practice and how that came to be.
1: Um,
0: yeah. And a little bit maybe about your trauma informed, uh, yoga
1: teacher trainings. Okay. Yeah. So really camera counseling came to be in 2014, my spouse Michael and I are both registered psychologists and just could feel like a, a call and a readiness to venture out into private practice and, and I think really the with the intention of being able to offer community care in the way that we envisioned and that was like creating opportunities to connect with folks and maybe less formal than some of the agencies and and um, structures that are available and offer mental health. And so over the years since since 2014, yeah, camera counseling has really blossomed and and become something completely different than what I would have ever imagined it to be and so just to give a little bit of a overview um we know i like it's called camera counseling and our uh, we also um have trauma-informed yoga psychology school within within camera counseling and then are also offering holistic um, care so we also have a virtual physiotherapist who is available to the community as well as ayurvedic nutritionist and it's been really beautiful to just witness the ways in which the community is 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 responding to these opportunities to experience different forms of wellness and how they all kind of merge together in in a seamless way and i guess to share a bit about the trauma-informed yoga psychology school it is accredited through yoga alliance and yeah we offer the 200 level 300 level kids and teens yoga teacher training as well as a prenatal and yeah, it has it continues to grow. And I know like, I am going to be on my lifelong studentship as a yoga practitioner myself. And it's really been so lovely to be able to share things that I'm learning from my teachers and empower folks to integrate these these practices in their communities. And their lives.
2: Yeah, that sounds really amazing. And, you know, I love that um, camera counseling has so many like holistic um, modalities to kind of offer. Like that's something like, like, I wish there was something like that near me, you know, like that's, that's how I feel. Um, when I first, you know, when I first met you, um, I, you know, didn't know much about you. And then as I got to know you and saw what you did, I remember legit thinking like, oh, I wish that I was doing your teacher training. Like, you know, maybe one day, right? Like I can never say never to like, learning more. But I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like a trauma informed like yoga psychology school sounds amazing. Um, and so I feel like needed. And so I was wondering if you can talk a little bit more about um, that, like a little bit about sort of what, I guess, like what makes your type of um, training different than maybe a typical 200 or 300 hour. Um, and also, um, you know, this kind of goes a lot into it, but like, also, what does it mean that it's a trauma-informed yoga psychology school? Like, what what do those words mean, you yeah, know, for folks who might not be as familiar?
1: Well, I, yeah, what a good question, <laughs> because there's a lot of buzzwords that we we can see floating around in the ether and often used for marketing purposes. So it is really important to really break down what is it that we're talking about. So. How I often describe our, our training or identify um, is that it's Indigenous-led, trauma-informed, it's dedicated to the eight limbs of yoga, accessible and accredited. And so I'll break those terms down if, if that feels helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Indigenous-led. So I'm the, the founder, the, the director of the, the yoga school. and. Um, as a Nêhiyaw Cree member of the Métis Nation of Alberta, it's been an honour to walk alongside so many elders and knowledge keepers, as well as my family and my roots, and, and really uplift um, Just Indigenous rising is what comes to mind, and, and inviting Indigenous um, kin to join us, Indigenous and non-Indigenous kin to join us on this journey of experiencing the benefits of yoga and so I often kind of see when I when I think about Indigenous-led we're also honoring that yoga is Indigenous to India and it too is an Indigenous practice and myself I'm not South Asian and I, I want to amplify and uplift whenever and however possible so by honoring that myself I'm Indigenous here on these lands i also have privilege in how i'm sharing these teachings so i'll share a little more about that as we continue on i'm sure and so trauma-informed how i would describe that is i'm a nerd okay like i will full-on always call myself a nerd i embrace it (laughs) so as a psychologist and trauma-informed practitioner it really has been so natural to find a way to really explore tangible ways to practice and offer trauma-informed care on our mats so that's how we start to learn what does this feel like to experience choice making to notice what it's like to be fully present and embodied to feel my body and not feel like i need to be somewhere else because that's the way our bodies sometimes take care of us is to (laughs) dissociate and go away And so, yeah, really being able to integrate trauma-informed care on our mat, it then also offers us the experience of what that feels like for us as the practitioner. So then we can create spaces for those who would benefit from support in learning how to embody and befriend their bodies and and notice what it's like to be here in the present moment. And so also trauma-informed with regards to offering yoga is really centering the importance of honoring yoga's roots and and so we amplify trauma-informed yoga as inherently connected to yoga's origin and so yeah so both at once (laughs) and then eight limbs so this is just deepening how we're honoring uh yoga's roots is that it really is our ethical responsibility as yoga practitioners to uplift the roots of yoga. And this is something that we explored in depth in Susanna's teacher training. And I'm so grateful to one of my teachers being Susanna, who we use her book in all of our trainings, Embrace Yoga's Roots. That's one of the required readings. And so, yeah, really honoring Patanjali's eight limb approach to yoga has shifted so many of the people who sign up. They're called for the trauma-informed piece. They like that word, that, that is the catch. And then once we start diving into yoga as more than the one limb of asana, there's a shift that happens and there's maybe even a little more playfulness in what it can mean to support our communities in various ways. So that's a lot, but I, yeah, any thought I can continue talking, but I want to also.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing all that. Um, You know, I have so many like thoughts and questions that I could ask that like, you know, this could easily become like a two hour conversation, I'm sure. Um, But something that came up to mind from your, I guess one of the first things that came up to mind as you were talking with it being, you know, Indigenous led is um, I'm wondering if you see that this idea of being um, trauma informed can be. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word. Like perhaps you know, like like the idea that like yoga itself was not, I don't know, like enough, and so therefore we need to add trauma informed to it being kind of like problematic or like a colonial mindset to think that way. Because I I know like when we were in, you know, with Susanna's training that you know she talks about how yoga has always been inherently you know, healing and trauma-informed, but this idea of like taking the term trauma-informed to mean like, oh, what it was was not enough, so we need to kind of add that on. Like, if you had any thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really important question. I guess how how I see that is by signaling that this is really going to center a decolonized way of viewing yoga because yoga has become quite well it's been colonized and then it's been um appropriated in so many ways which causes so much harm and it's really in many ways not all the ways there's a big especially with Susanna there's a lot there's a reckoning happening of a call back to the origins and and so this is all my my um reflections that you know when we when we can offer trauma informed care it also requires us to really slow things down and notice what it is that we are centering and yes there are times when i when i weave in concepts and theories related to trauma theory and and psychology what that's doing though is really just bridging um additional information that is inherently part of yoga so it's not adding something new it's looking um, through a different lens and so one of the elders that i have had the privilege and continue to have the privilege to learn from is dr albert marshall and he talks about two-eyed seeing and so dr marshall talks about you know that when we are able to see through the eyes of indigenous ways of knowing being and doing with the other eye of mainstream knowledge, we have opportunities to benefit all. And so I kind of see that as someone who has navigated the world as an Indigenous person who is often white passing, that, that ba- there's often balance um, that I've found needs to be struck for those to soften into really starting to lean into what the, the Indigenous ways of knowing, doing, and being. Feel like how they're different and in that we're decolonizing so that's just what comes to mind for me
2: yeah thank you thank you for sharing all of that um it's very um interesting to hear and you know and I ask it because it's something I think about a lot you know as somebody who um I like to say that I'm a trauma-informed yoga teacher and also I do wish that we don't need to use the word trauma-informed, you know, like that, that, that could be uh, understood, I guess, in the mainstream that, yes, yoga is trauma-informed, yoga can help heal, yoga can um, be supportive and, you know, not, you know, the colonized, uh, appropriated um, versions that, that, that is in the mainstream. So thank you for sharing all that. Zara. did you have something you want to say?
0: Um, I
2: loved the the two eye
0: approach. I just
2: thought that was really great because I
0: I don't want to say intuitive or indigenous knowledge needs to be in quali- or needs to be qualified by any means. Sorry, my dog has so cute made, made her way onto the chair. Um, but I think being able to look at it through that Western or psychological lens can be so helpful in the sense that when you can quote unquote, prove something, you know, intuitively through the Western lens, it makes people be like, oh, see, like, maybe there isn't one way of knowing things like this Western way of knowing things isn't the only way, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I I, I really appreciate you sharing that and the how it works together. I really love that. Um, yeah. And then I had obviously the question of we like to ask all of our guests towards the end of the podcast is, what's one thing you want to see more of in wellness? And what's one thing you want to see less of in wellness? Mm.
1: Oh, well, Zara, what you just said, I think is you've captured something that I have been reflecting on. And, you know, I I feel like, yeah, that, that that desire, that urge to have things proven to us, which is that other eye of the mainstream knowledge, I feel like as, when, as we continue to deepen our own practices, as we uplift the roots of yoga, as we continue to decolonize ourselves, we we start to shift away. It's like we're kind of peeling away layers of needing to acquire credentials or um, studies. And, and I'm actively engaged in these things. Like I have all the credentials. I, I am a researcher. But we it's less about needing to or having to, and it's less and it's more about like a way of honoring. And so maybe that's it. It's like that's what I want to see more of is people really leaning into trusting these these (laughs) ancient wisdom traditions as the starting place. And then everything else is like the cherry on top because we already have everything here. And then, so yeah, that, that's kind of what comes up for me. And then what I'd like to see less of is is, I think when, when I notice practitioners, um, not even practitioners, but the wellness industry promising outcomes, results, and, and kind of like a quick fix. I see you nodding so yeah that that's where I'm at but I'd love to hear from both of you what do you want to see more of and and less of
2: oh my gosh yeah um you know that's so funny I don't I don't think anyone's ever asked us that right like we always ask and we just sort of like end but I'm like wow now we're being put on the spot sort of but you know I feel as if what we want to see more of, uh, or I I know for me, and I think, I think Zara would agree is the first thing is like more conversations like this. Like we, we really want to see more BIPOC talk um, and uplift them. And, you know, that's why we're doing this. So we just want to see more like perspectives outside of, you know, sort of the mainstream white supremacist, colonized, you know, capitalist patriarch, patriarchal, like point of view in wellness, because, it's like a lot like like we're swimming in it and so that's what we want to see more of and yeah very similarly to you you know we want to see less of you said like quick fix and i and i feel like um i, I don't know like how to describe it in another way but it's just sort of like this uh, there's one answer type of vibe that i feel like you can see that in wellness both i think and more um I guess both in like sort of the Western way of like, yeah, just go see a therapist and that's, and and, and all your problems are going to be solved. And and Zara and I are always like, no, there's also systemic shit we got to get to, you know? And, And so it's just like telling us the one way to do this is that, or even, you know, some folks in the more like, who dabble in the more like Eastern traditions might also think, oh yeah, like just go to yoga class and you'll be fixed. And I also don't believe that that in itself is enough. Because again, there's also systemic stuff and all that. And so that's what I would say, at least today, because I'm sure if I was asked that in our next podcast or in the future, I might give another answer. But Zara, I want to give you a moment to share your thoughts as well.
0: Yeah, no, I again also want to thank Melissa. Thank you for asking us. Um, and to keep on the same vibe of more in wellness, I want to see conversations like this and cis wellness practitioners that are cognizant and, uh, aware and active about introducing systematic issues into, um, their wellness practices. Like you have so lovely and kindly shared with us about your practice today. And then one thing, again, I loved what you said about wanting to see less of the one solution and the quick fix because, um, one solution is white supremacy values. There is not one fix. We won't have one problem. Like, (laughs) hey, I'm just really going there right now, but like, it's true. Um, And yeah, yeah. And so I feel like I've been talking about this and I love that we're talking about it here is because it's like, we need multiple solutions and multiple approaches and yeah. And that, and finding that intuitive moves us able, moves us into being able to see um through various lenses and get back in touch with intuitive knowing indigenous truth knowledge power you know what i mean all of these lovely things so yeah thank you it was really oh,
1: great thank you both amazing and yes to more of these types of conversations because i like what you said he like if we were asked the same questions today or in a week they might be very different because That's how we grow in these kind of conversations. We lean into the practice of satya, truth sharing and deep listening. We then invite each other to continue our own learning and unlearning and so that if we were to meet again in a week, a month, two years, it's going to be a very different conversation and it's just going to be richer and more meaningful. So yes, love everything both of you have shared with me. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much for all the things that you shared with us and thank you for you know being here with us, Um, how can people get in touch with you.
1: yeah well probably the best way to get in touch with me is either um, email which. um, i'm so grateful to Alex who supports me as our coordinator of camera counseling and student support and our email is welcome at camera counseling.com and then our you, of course, could engage with us on engage with me on Instagram, Kenmore Counseling is the, the handle. And, and then our website is KenmoreCounseling.com. So those are probably the best ways to get in touch. And thanks so much.
2: Thank you. So this is the post interview with Melissa. And I really enjoyed it. I really uh, just love Melissa's presence. I find that she is just so sweet. And I say this about, I feel like I say this about all my Canadian friends is that they're just so sweet. Um, But it's not just the fact that she's like a Canadian person. It's that she has a way of making me feel like I can soften a little bit just kind of like exhale a little bit deeper let my heart open a little bit more and so yeah I just really love that and the conversation we had
0: oh thank you for saying yeah the what was it taking a deeper exhale or slowing a slower exhale yes that was exactly the way to describe This sounds really weird. The feeling she gives, I (laughs) she doesn't give. I don't know. I'm we're sad on the The vibe. I currently I can't use words or like put them together today. But yeah, exactly. That was the vibe. It's just like creating. Space for softness. And I love the way she talked about um, creating relationships and community in her trainings. You know what I mean? And how important that is. And I just felt like that was a space we created as well. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that's a definite gift she has.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I, though when she was talking about camera counseling and all the sort of like holistic things that they have I just like wish that was more common like I, I wish that was more commonplace and the norm because I would love to go to a place that offers all these holistic things I mean I feel like I feel like I do partake in a lot of like different like holistic things and like know about it you know obviously with like yoga and therapy but like having a sort of like one like resource I guess for folks to um go to I think is really cool like I feel like the folks in her town basically are really lucky to have her and I think that like I think that we're really lucky that she is somebody who's in the wellness industry right like it's amazing to have an indigenous woman um who is an expert on you know psychology and trauma and yoga and trying to like showcase like what it would look like to learn like these things or partaking these activities in like a decolonizing way cuz like god knows we need more of that <laughs> or like we always talk about how we need more of that
0: <laughs> oh my god yes absolutely i loved that as well um and i it's it's interesting that you say that because when she was talking about the different services they offer in house at at her facility I thought that was so great and I it wasn't until you were talking about how nice it would be to have everything in one like I thought that was really great and I was like wow all these things together but talk hearing you talk about um them being under one roof and the ease of that and I just think about how someone who is supposed to be starting physical therapy soon and who also goes to therapy for my mental health (laughs) different health different therapies but um it would be so cool to be able to go to a single place and know, not that, you know, they're sharing your personal information, but just like everyone is working together to get things done and it is a holistic approach. Yeah, I, I, it's, yeah, it makes me longful for the days when, long, hopeful for days when this will come. Because I was going to say longing for days that pass, but like, <laughs> let's be real. We don't even have anything close to that right now.
2: Well, something that I appreciate with what she shared is talking about how, for instance, her trauma-informed yoga psychology school is, like, Indigenous-led, and she has, like, teachers and elders um, from her own, you know, community that she learns from, and, um, you know, I I, kind of think, you know, maybe, like, thinking of it, with, with just what you said about longing for the days I think like well you know there was one time in history that we had our yeah. healers right like we had our healers and it wasn't this weird compartmentalized like oh if you are you know physically sick you go here and then if you need whatever type of thing you go here and then uh, mental health is here or like your spiritual health is here it was sort of I don't want to say combined, because I'm not quite sure. And I know different cultures and traditions have different types of things. But like, I think there was a time where it wasn't as, I don't know, if compartmentalized is the right word. But you know what I mean? Where it's like, it was maybe more holistic. And and then now we're here where we're at. (laughs) And so I'm grateful for Melissa as someone who's like, bringing along the holistic and indigenous viewpoints along with like the Western psychology western medicine stuff yeah
0: yes absolutely and I loved how she talked about the two lenses theory or whatever and I I do I really do think that so much can come from that of being able to because it does make me wonder if like when things were more connected like physical mental spiritual if there was less need for the hard like western based idea of knowledge and knowing because if you can see how things fit together you see cisterns you see patterns there maybe is more you're able to intuit more i really love the ability to just like put the two perspectives together um and really see how we don't need to rely on in indi- or we we can rely on indigenous knowledge and we don't need to rely on um gosh, I, epist, epistemological, I'm, yeah, I'm really I was thinking, thinking, of I was thinking of that yeah. word
2: too. I was thinking, I, yes. I didn't say it because I'm scared I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but I was thinking yeah. of epistemology. Epistemolo- yeah, epistemology. Because yes. like, yeah, philosophy, word. yeah, exactly. The
0: epistemology of it, like it needs to, we need to be able to prove it if it's real. And it's like, oh, yeah, it, that limits us a lot.
2: Yeah. Yes, uh, it does. And it can. And yeah, I think something that I'm thinking about right now is is just, I guess, thinking about wellness in a more holistic way, which is kind of funny that I even say it like that, because it's the same conversation with, with what we had about trauma-informed yoga. It's like, isn't yoga aren't already trauma-informed or shouldn't it already be? But I even think that with wellness is like, yeah, I would love that wellness is holistic. But if I'm talking about holistic wellness, it means that there was something about it that is not holistic. And I do feel that way. Like I feel, I I feel like I am hoping to see more work similar to Melissa's that brings along indigenous um, viewpoints and to help people decolonize, because I think ultimately it having holistic wellness to me means like allowing for more humanity to exist when we think about like our our care and our wellness, because I don't know, the fact that that there could be a wellness that's not holistic that I think that we've all kind of seen and have experienced, you know, it's like, oh, you just go to the doctor for that one thing and then they tell you your quick fix solution or you or you go do this and that's it. Um it feels dehumanizing. There's like a dis it feels disconnected, I guess
0: yes absolutely and it's it's interesting that you bring up the dichotomy or like not the dichotomy the distinction between um the distinction between wellness and holistic right and they're not synonymous words whereas like like obviously holistic is you know what i mean like being able to include all of it in wellness not just part of it and it being compartmentalized and to me it's just like yeah they aren't two separate things like all wellness should be holistic because we're looking at the whole person in the whole society.
2: Right. Oh. Or so we hope, <laughs> or so we yeah. want. <laughs> Otherwise <laughs> so it's we not deserve. wellness. That's what we're, right? we're telling Let's, you here. It's not wellness. Yeah. And cause, and something that I think about sometimes, um, is like, do you ever, have you heard of like, like corporate wellness or whatever, like, mm-hmm. or like, you know, wellness at the workplace or whatever. And it's like, what does that actually mean? Like, like when I hear, I don't know, companies that try to have like a, I don't know, wellness perks or something. Like a lot of the times when they talk about wellness, I feel like they, like besides like giving health benefits, if you even have that, cause you know, we're in the U S here. Um, they tend to mean fitness. What I notice is they mean fitness. A lot of times when people talk about like corporate wellness, it means like fitness, meaning like, um, is your, is there going to be like a, like a physical yoga asana class that's offered to you? Or will you get like credits or points to take like, or to get like a gym membership or things like that? I feel like it relates to fitness a lot, which is, you know, that's its own, that's kind of its own issue issue with like the yoga Yeah, it space. just. I was,
0: I was just going to say also, it's really indicative of the fact that your body is the thing they need and they need it to stay in tip top shape. Um, yeah, so I'm just realizing the darkness of that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. You're right. But it's like, yay, we're all being exploited. You know, they, they just need bodies for labor. So I just noticed that with corporate wellness or with people talking about like health and wellness, um, I, I see a lot with this thinking about fitness. And then the other thing, if we're lucky is mental health, but it stops there with just like, are you in physical shape and, Maybe get a therapist and that's it. Like, it like the wellness conversation kind of ends at that.
0: Well, because it's like, do you have enough mental health capacity to not quit your job or be a burden (laughs) to us here at work? Great, done. And it's like, I don't know about that. And also, I don't think there's anyone who can provide us the right amount of mental health services to resolve what is a systematic issue at this point, a systematic failing at this point.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that's true. You know, it's like, I see those sort of tweets or posts about how we can't therapy our way out of like capitalism. We can't therapy our way out of all the systems that are keeping us down. And yeah, it's basically all I'm saying is that I like what Melissa's doing with the holistic stuff. I love the indigenous viewpoints. I love this idea of trying to decolonize um, you know, wellness. And I want to see more of it. And what's on your mind, Zara? I want to know what's on your mind. <laughs> That's kind of um, just where I'm at.
0: Well, two things. One thing that is very quickly on my mind is that I love that you're always able to bring us back to track and you are a little center. And I appreciate that. Um, and two, I think a lot of us are probably feeling this okay and this is a bit of a mixed thing people are feeling, feeling the first thing which is a fucking fogginess man it just feels like day in day out when the fuck are we gonna end this um and it it's making me stressed out um some of the stuff that we're doing that hopefully we'll be sharing with you guys soon um, is giving me hope, and I'm also still feeling hopeful. And do you know why? It is because they want us to be overwhelmed. People in with power and money and resources, status quo wants us to be overwhelmed and too tired to give a fuck or to do anything. So, I am. What's also on my mind is trying to figure out my zone of genius. And I don't mean like I'm a genius because clearly we all know I am an idiot. No, um, you're a genius. Honestly, I'm an no, idiot. Own
2: it. You're a genius.
0: I'm just an idiot on the internet, is what I mean. Not like I personally am an idiot, but like I'm just some idiot on the internet, like all of us. Um, <laughs> but I will own that compliment. Thank you, Yen, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, uh, just figuring out my zone of genius to say it again um and like where where I lie in that and where can I keep hopeful and how can I help myself feel less foggy um but also again days are literally just dragging by and it feels like a week has passed and I don't know how so you know it's a it's an oscillating point what's on, what's on your mind
2: um a lot of the same things actually I feel oh I feel it. I feel like that there's that, uh, post that has been circulating social media. That's, I think it was like a tweet from someone that was along the lines of like, burnout was 2021. Like I, what, like what, I don't know what this is now. (laughs) Like this is like beyond burnout. And I totally feel that. Um, it's really interesting because I feel, I feel, I do feel at the point where like the burnout or exhaustion or tiredness. It's like, those words are like not enough. And so like that fogginess that you explained. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that I kind of have been feeling that since 2020 though. Like just saying, oh, like, it's
0: um, been a little
2: foggy for several years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has been. And so, you know, I, I definitely feel that way. And you know, what's funny is the other day, this came up to mind for me. I, what was I doing? I was driving. I don't know. I was just driving in my car. And this thought came to me of like, how many of us have even really taken the time to process 2019, not even 2020, but 2019. Like how many of us have even like taken the time to like, oh yeah, 2019, that year went Bye. And I remember, cause I was thinking the other day, like 2019 was a very difficult year for me. Um, I think that was the year where I had a breakup and like moved back home. And like, I've been home since, you know, and like, that's so wild. It's like, I'm not sure I fully recovered from 2019. And then I went into 2020, 2021, right now we're recording on February 7th, 2022. And yeah, I'm just kind of here. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of here with you all, with you, Zara, who is a genius, by the way. Um, and, <laughs> and I feel like, I don't know, I feel there's no, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know, if there's just no word for it yet, or if it's beyond like description with words, but like, it just feels like surreal and weird. Like there's like this weird, I feel like I'm in a really weird video game. And the storyline isn't finished yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like um you're watching a TV show and like there are a bunch of seasons out already, but you don't know what's going on. You don't know how it ends. The writers have no idea. They've they've really just lived, left it up to a fucking robot to write an AI generator to
2: write the rest of the script for us all um are you talking about are you talking about Riverdale because that's how I feel about Riverdale (laughs) like I don't know if you've seen that show but it's like that um
0: I okay I watched the first couple seasons of Riverdale Riverdale and then it got the gargoyle stuff got (laughs) I'm so sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone listening there is some weird stuff going on with some gargoyles in one of the seasons that
2: was like gargoyle king stuff was like season three they're on like season six now so like you're not that's not really a spoiler i don't think that counts was so long ago but you know if you thought that was weird let me tell you it got even weirder (laughs) like it got so uh without spoiling i'll just give a, a big theme like the big theme of it is like after gargoyle king there was a a theme around um murderous prep school kids uh and then after I did see that you did see that they did not murder him yeah oh my gosh you're spot and I'm just kidding that was a while ago as well um and then after that it was a time jump where they became adults finally even though they were doing some pretty adult shit um and then now we're at this point where there's like alternate universes that's probably kind of a bigger spoiler, but whatever. It's been around for a few months. Like we're on, this season's been around for a few months. So yeah, that's that's where we're at in Riverdale. But also that's where I feel like we're at in 2022, like the real yeah. world. Season yeah.
0: 2022.
2: Earth 2022.
0: Um, yeah, we should definitely put that in the end of this episode. There are Riverdale spoilers for people. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's how it feels. It feels like we're in some alternate universe kind of deal. One show, sorry, I'm not trying to take up too long to the end of this podcast, but I do feel like I want to share it. And I think people should watch it if they're looking for something um, is The Last Man on Earth. I don't know if you watched it when it was on um, will Forte is a fucking genius. I will go ahead and say it. I think the man is a genius. And the show is about everyone getting a virus in 2020 and dying and they're all he's like the last person on earth. And it's like the survival. It's, do it's not, do it's, I wanna it's see com- this? <laughs> it's a comedy, so it's so good. And oh. he's a four. He's definitely a four. He's a I'm pretty sure if I had to guess, I would guess he was a self pressed four, but he is a definitely a four. And it is a brilliant and funny, and it was just ahead of its time. If we had known this was gonna be a thing, I think people would have like leaned because they were like, Oh, it's stuck with the trope of the last people on earth, and it's like well yeah like after apocalypse where the fuck else are you gonna go with the show they can't magically just develop a society um but sorry that's spoilers wait, on my part so, but it's not a so it some, was just
2: ahead of its time so something I'm, wait so do you mean the actor is a four or the character
0: the actor is a four i mean oh. i don't know what the character is i haven't thought about. it but i just like the actor and they creator of it i I have watched a lot of his stuff or stuff that he's in and interviews that he's in. He is definitely and like this could threw it over the top for me. I was like, you are for four. Like this is such a weird fucking heartfelt thing that I don't see.
2: <laughs> All right. Thank you for that uh recommendation. I feel like I'm interested because you said it was like a comedy. Like I'm yeah. interested because I was thinking like whenever someone tells me about like a TV show or a movie that has a theme with like a pandemic or a virus thing like I get scared. I'm like, I don't know if I really want to watch that. I'm living it. You know, like, I don't, is it's it going to no, re-trigger me? You know, it's after the virus killed everyone in the thing. Everyone oh. is dead. Yeah. Oh, so okay. it,
0: that's why it's fine. Cause you can watch it. Cause it's like, Oh, this is what life could be like after. And it's like kind of like a heartfelt love letter plus like a comedy plus like the, he, he writes thriller in, in such an interesting way where it's like, I don't know. It's it's really good storytelling. It's really well done. I think it's really funny, and um, it's giving me hope for the future right now. You know, because it's like, yeah, they're
2: surviving with nothing, and we have more than nothing. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad you said that because that is something that has crossed my mind. Whenever I think about how hard times are, um, of course I am a four, and I get super depressed and existential and whatever, despair, blah, blah, blah. You know how I be. But also, I also sometimes think about people. Um, well, I'll tell you specifically, is like, I think about people like bell hooks and Tignan, who mm-hmm. also lived through some really tough times and didn't have everything that we had now or like, you know, they both recently died. But like, when they were, say our age, when they were younger, they, I don't think the world was necessarily easy for them to live in as well. Um, but I think about how they were able to do the things anyway, like do the things that was, do the things that were important to them anyway. And just thinking about them and, you know, I've been reading bell hooks. And so just thinking about people like them and, and both of them recently passed, um, I don't know. That gives me some sort of hope. So I just want to say that because what you said reminded me of that. And I love that our podcast is like, it goes from wellness to like in previous weeks, it was like a political podcast to like, now it's like pop culture. (laughs) Like, I love
0: it. Look, honestly, dude, I know that I have been just lumping everything in with wellness, like education and art and stuff, but I'm going to go a step further. Entertainment, is wellness because like the, when the pandemic started, where did we all go to fucking our TVs and our books and our movies to watch, to listen, to feel because art is an, a way to be What, like, what did you say your wellness is for you right now? Right. Early on the episode, you said humor, humor.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that. And I mean, yeah, I definitely see entertainment as part of wellness just because I see it as an extension of art and of play. And art mm. and play, I mean, that's super important to wellness. And so, yeah, it's just like an extra bonus when the entertainment you consume can also give like a message to it, you know? So, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I definitely agree that it's part of wellness. And gosh, I mean, what is not part of wellness right now? I mean, I just feel like with us having a wellness podcast, with us starting this and we're still doing it during a pandemic. I don't know. It's just like, it's hard to not see things in that category. Cause we're all just trying to be well, <laughs> like we're, um, we're all just trying our best here.
0: Absolutely. And I think, sorry, I know you asked that question, rhetorically of we have, what isn't wellness right now. <laughs> and you know, my brain was like, I need to figure out an answer for her and I don't have an answer for you, but I do think that one thing that is wellness for us. And I'm sorry that my voice changes from being super loud to super not loud. That's going to be annoying in editing and for anybody listening. Um, But uh, like what isn't wellness? And I think what's important to highlight what defines wellness for us. And I think I I may be speaking for you, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but is anything that connects us to our humanity and each other's humanity? Like,
2: that's it you are going to make moment. me cry. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm just getting. Yes, you you hit it. You hit it. Like, you got it. Like, yes. Like, yeah. I'm getting. I'm always getting emotional lately with these podcasts, though. So it's all good. Um, well, it's like really the only place where sometimes I feel hopeful. So <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's all for me. I don't know, Zara. Do you have anything else you want to share with the listeners? Um, no, I really want to have something
0: else to share because I feel like I like to end on some positive notes, but I feel like this is our positive note. Watch something. If you watch something really funny, we, and that feels, feels, feels you with hope, um, <laughs> please share it with us because yeah, we love them. We love all that stuff. Yeah. Thank you all for listening.
2: Thank you. And read bell hooks if you haven't yet. Yeah. Lots of bell hooks. Thank you for listening to the Thoughtful Wellness Revolution podcast. For bonus content, you can go to thoughtfulwellnessrevolution.substack.com and subscribe for $5 a month. You can also follow us on Instagram at thoughtful revolution to share your thoughts. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening.